Hello, and welcome to Sex Advice for Seniors, which, surprisingly, is coming to you from a different location today. Yeah. Well, Isn't it, Peter? It's, yeah, <laughs> it is. We're broadcasting live from the John Radcliffe <laughs> Hospital here on Hospital Radio 197. No, we're broadcasting um, from the hospital because I had a bit of a fall, fell off the bike, broke my ribs and my jaw. So I might sound a little strange while we're talking today, but we thought it'd be a good opportunity to talk about disability and sex because I also have another disability in that I, I have MS. So maybe this is the opportunity to do that, to talk about that. Well, I think if any time is right, the time is now. Yeah, you have to grab your opportunities <laughs> when they arise. And if you hear some little background noise and beeping, that's just the lovely hospital ambiance coming at you. So, yeah, yeah we but can't do anything about that. But yeah. yeah, so Pete had a bit of a fall, and he's laid up here in bed, surrounded by three other older men who look in far worse condition than you do, frankly, I have to say. Yeah, well, they've got things like broken hips and stuff like that. They're really quite... Badly off, so I think one's going for an operation tonight, and, and uh, who, who knows? Who knows? Who knows anyway, so I might be released today, <laughs> but uh, nobody knows. We so. don't. We don't know. So let's talk about disability and sex, because you know what? That's a really when it comes to taboo subjects. Mm. If you thought being older and having yeah. sex was taboo, well. It yeah. just goes one level up, doesn't it, when you've got a disability? Because it's something people really, really don't want to talk about at all, I suspect. No. But, yeah, no. you've had MS for how long now? For... Uh, well, I was diagnosed in 2010 and retired in 2015, early retirement. So I've been hanging around, thinking about these things for, for a while now. And, uh, well, yeah... Disability and sex is, is a big one because obviously, you, you know, all the issues you talked about last time was with self-identity and, you know, being virile and strong and young and the rest of it kind of disappears if you have a disability. I mean, luckily for me, sexually, I don't seem to be too badly affected by the MS. So, um, but I know that for a lot of people it is a, a big problem. Yeah, and how does the illness, for those of the audience that doesn't know, how does it manifest itself? Ah, well, a million different ways. I mean, there's, uh, it starts off very small and then gets bigger and bigger, in my case. Uh, for some people, it never it never develops very far at all. For others, you know, they don't, a lot of people apparently find they have MS. Well, not them. Obviously, their relatives find that they had MS at autopsy stage. So people live with it. It's probably much higher. The incidence is probably much higher. But it starts off with niggling pains and pins and needles and balance problems 
quite often a sight problem. People go blind for no reason, and then it comes, the sight comes back, back again. But all sorts of things happen, and it takes quite a long time before they pin down the, the reason for it. Mm. Because they only really find out when they do an MRI scan and find that you've got these lesions on your nerves, which is where the name comes from, multiple sclerosis. There's lots of scar tissue on your on your nerves, and then they go from there and they offer you um, disease modifying treatment and uh, all sorts of things. Uh, yeah. And sexually, did you worry at first that it might have some impact on your sex life? Yeah. When you first found out that you had MS, was it something that that was something that you did think about, or was it kind of pushed to the back in terms of some of the other? Yeah. Challenges. Um, well, it was. It seemed that it wasn't having too much of an effect. So, I kind of. You prioritize in your head the different things that are going on. I was more worried, for example, at the time um, that I couldn't play the guitar anymore. Mm. I couldn't, you know, couldn't. Uh, I couldn't walk very far anymore. Um, and that distance gradually declined. And those were more worrying. But I guess if I'd had sexual problems, then then that would have been pretty well at the top of the list, I should imagine. Yeah, and yeah. luckily I didn't. So, you know, I could concentrate on those other things. Yeah. I suppose the only area is things around, as you said, things around your balance and yeah. also just general energy level. Yeah. And I think that there's a lot of illnesses around that clearly impact on people's energy level. Yeah. And you have to figure out positions and things where you're not expending as much energy. Yeah. And the other person maybe takes over from that yeah. side of things. Exactly. So whatever <laughs> happens, then you're your sex life is going to change in lots of ways. Yeah, the energy is is a major problem because you have to work really hard to yeah. keep your energy, energy levels up. You know, yeah, yeah. And, you know, if you're going to beef it and maintain your energy levels for sexual purposes, then you have to get out and get exercising, you know, and, that, and that's the last thing you want to do when you've got in there. <laughs> and you start running around or jumping up and down, you just want to lie down and, and take yeah. it easy, yeah, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, it's... Um, yeah, affected in lot, lots of different ways, and, and I think disabilities do that. You're um, affected by not only your own disabilities, your own inability to, you know, have a full sex life or whatever, but you're affected by other people's perceptions of you, more importantly. Uh, I, uh, again... I don't, that hasn't been too bad for me because apart from, uh, you know, falling around a lot when people just assume that I'm drunk, which sometimes I am, sometimes <laughs> I'm not, but if you're in a wheelchair or you have a more visible disability, then I think it's much more of a problem. Mm. Um, I think then, you know, you really are up against it in terms of 
your sex life or your, you know, or whatever you're doing, really. But um, but it's I think it's a big problem for for your sex life if you are you're already severely disabled. Um, obviously, I mean, what you think to say, of course, it is. Um, but but it's something where people think, oh well. The sex life is not important. Mm. You know, there are more important things, and that's true. Um, but it's such an essential part of being a, an adult human being that uh, that it's quite difficult to to put it aside and say, "Well, no, it doesn't matter. It's more important that I walk, or that you know, I do this, that, and the other." You know, I mean, the only reason I play guitar, for example. Is because originally I thought it would be a good way to get laid, and um, so you know, so not being able to play guitar is kind of synonymous with not getting laid. You know, it's, it's pathetic. There it is. That's such a male thing, isn't it? Yeah. Being like a rock star and thinking, associating it with getting laid. And yeah. By whatever absolutely. sex you happen to prefer. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, I suspect that, as you say, one of the, one of the key challenges I suspect of being somebody who's not got some form of disability, whether it's visible or invisible, is that the medical profession prefers not to think about sex mm. when it comes to all of this sort of stuff. So, as mm. you said, they tend to kind of go, well. Let's talk about that after we talk about all the other mm, stuff. Mm, Let's mm. get around to that later. And yeah. getting around to it later, sometimes that's the only thing you have to cling on to is the fact that actually, you know, you can have sexual pleasure, you can be with someone, you can enjoy it. Mm. If you're not able to do some other things, yeah. like, for instance, walk very far or, you know, yeah. or go running or do whatever else people do to get endorphins going throughout their body, mm. then that's one of the few things that you actually can do and I think to dismiss it as being somehow less important than some of these other things is yeah. to undermine just how important it is for for adults just in general yeah you absolutely. know and I and I've seen that having been with partners who you know were diagnosed with cancer and asked the doctor for Viagra one of the first things in a previous relationship the Somebody I was with who was diagnosed with late stage cancer said, "Well, can I just have some Viagra, please, so I can just have some fun for the last few months?" And honestly, the doctor's face, his jaw fell to the floor. Oh, really? He could not have been. He didn't know what to do. He didn't know how to react. And he did say, "Let's think about that in a few weeks' time. Let's just see how you get on." After he'd just been diagnosed with a death sentence, yeah. I thought he said, "There, what? What are you talking about? There is no kind of getting on later on. I just want this now." Yeah. And the unfortunate thing was, I mean, we did go and find it from some backstreet place. Yeah. This was pre being able to just pick it up at Boots, but I'll never forget how. His attitude towards that request was somehow really surprising to me because yeah. I thought he couldn't be the only person that just wants to have sex towards the end of his life. I mean, yeah. I know it's a morbid thing to talk about, but it did, it was really important to him. And yeah, he, well, I think it's important to everyone. 
You know? I mean, if you said to people, you know, you've got 10 minutes left, what will you do? <laughs> there, there's always some variation of sex in there. Yeah. I mean, some very often not a very nice version of what they want to do, but um, but somewhere there. And John Betjeman was, you know, he was even in a TV, TV ad, I think, at some point. Um, and at the end of his life, he's in the wheelchair and somebody else, you know, what, do you have any regrets at all about that? And he said, yeah, I wish I'd had more sex. <laughs> you know, so it's such an ingrained part of yeah. our human psyche to, to want that. Yeah. Um, and to see that as an important part of our lives. And, um, uh, yeah, the, you know, one of the first things the doctor did, in fact, I think was the, at the first appointment, that my doctor offered me, offered me for agress oh, really? straight away and gave me a prescription. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think I've still got the Viagra at home. <laughs> <laughs> and... And one of the things I was thinking about as well was that when people talk about pleasure, they often talk about orgasms. And many people, obviously, people who have got more severe disability than you have, who are perhaps paralyzed downstairs or whatever, aren't, you know, that might be something they're not able to achieve anymore. And I think we've got to stop associating pleasure being solely around orgasms because one of the things just jokingly when when i was talking to the other pete the other day we were we were talking about um you know uh, how long it takes to have an orgasm when you're older in other words forever and and he said oh i just you know i'm tired i i just i just it just takes so long i just get bored with myself you know and and that's because, and I said, and I laughed because we all recognize that feeling when mm. sometimes you just think, oh, I just, I just can't be bothered. It's yeah. just, just taking far too long. And that could be because you're on medication, which makes it take yeah. much longer than usual, like antidepressants, for instance, or other types of medication, maids, which may also have some impact on the ability to orgasm. Yeah. But what I've come to realize is that Actually, there are just so many different ways to get pleasure. And that having that one aim in mind, that one goal is so limiting and can be quite soul destroying sometimes when when you just think, oh, I just don't know if it's going to happen, you know, but I've stopped thinking about whether it's going to happen or not. And I kind of like the fact that I'm not bound so much by this desire anymore to just get to this finish line because the journey is as fun as the as getting to the finish line, yeah. and sometimes you're not going to get to the finish line. Exactly. <laughs> that's okay. I, I think that's an insight that um, that you almost come to, but by definition, late in life. And I, I you know, I went to sort of obligatory middle age crisis tantric workshop, and um, about the only thing I learned from that was was. Stop chasing the orgasm. Yeah. You know, if you have an orgasm, fine, it's great. But that's not the point. The point is to have fun along the way, to be in tune with the I Ching, as the way it is. Yeah, yeah. And um, however you want to see it, the, the point is the pleasure. Yeah. Is to have the pleasure of the sex. And 
stop chasing the orgasm. It's, it's as simple as that, really. Yeah. Especially if the orgasm is, is re, re, retreating ahead of you <laughs> at a large rate of knots, you know. Um, and, it, you know, every five minutes, I'm sort of looking at a watch thinking, oh, for Christ's sake, come on, hurry up. You know, it's, that's no way to enjoy yourself. Really. Um, and you've got to stop thinking that your failure if you don't have an orgasm. No, that's right. You know, I think I think that's... I mean, women have, have <laughs> pretended to have organ, organs for the last... Well, since the beginning of time, probably. Uh, Eve was probably there in the in the in the Garden of Eden, giving it some welly uh, and pretending to have an orgasm. But I'm not saying that men should do that because that's a bit more difficult. But you know, you just enjoy the sensations you get. Yes. I mean, I don't know about other men, but I get little orgasms. I get sort of mini orgasms yeah, yeah, yeah. while I'm having sex. If I'm having a really good time. Yeah. And um, that's, you know, and I think at the end of a session, then women might ask, oh, you didn't come, are you happy? And you say, oh, I'm happy, yeah, I had a great time. Thank you very much. And good night, you know. But- well, that's all linked to this, again, this fear of failure. If you don't get to the end, that you somehow failed in some way on exactly. both sides. If men haven't quote unquote given somebody an orgasm as if you could give it to them like a gift. Oh, <laughs> oh here you go. Like yeah. here's your orgasm. Or women have you know, or if the guy's not coming, women often think, well, there's something wrong with me, obviously. I'm not I'm not yeah. very good at this. And in fact, Pete, the other Pete said said, Well clearly you don't care whether they come or not. And I said I said I don't really. I mean, I said, you know, of course I do a little bit, but I don't, I don't, I'm not fixated on it. No. Because I know that if it wasn't fun, then you'd want to stop. You would want to stop, wouldn't you? Yeah. So, yeah, Yeah, I think that there's um, many different ways to enjoy yourself. And I think that's really the whole thing about disability and having sex is that there are many, many different ways to enjoy yourself. And being fixated on penetrative sex or whatever is just, is is only one very small part of the menu, the delightful menu that is, you know, that is sex and and pleasure. And, And exploring all of that. Is where the is where the joy comes in, and the exactly. o- and the openness towards being able to explore all the other erogenous zones, rather well, than the very predictable ones that we're all very familiar yeah. with. Yeah, well, I I have uh, a couple of friends who are uh, he's disabled and can't get an erection, but she says is she's having the best sex she ever had in her life because you know they're taking the time. <laughs> Yeah. To make it work, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're doing different things and they're experimenting more mm. um, rather than just, you know, shoving in, <laughs> in and off you go. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's actually taking the time to make sex something enjoyable and pleasurable, whatever it is. And that, you know, I think that's the message of, of, of our, you know, podcast so far is to to do that is yeah. to take the pleasure where you can yep yeah. take the pleasure where you can yeah. even in the hospital even in the hospital <laughs> well i, I don't know i don't know where how that's going to work because uh <laughs> yeah there's a bit of a catheter issue at the moment <laughs> not that maybe too much information there for yeah, you guys <laughs> anyway that's um that's the uh, probably the one and only hopefully 
episode of Sex Advice for Seniors brought to you from John, is it John Radcliffe Hospital? John Radcliffe in the trauma ward there you go in the trauma and ward. you know what nobody nobody is going to be nobody else is going to be recording a podcast in the in this place no, I don't I think don't certainly not in this ward and lots so, of other people might be traumatized this is very true okay alright off we go then yeah off we go <laughs> bye bye then bye bye bye